guys welcome to therapy this is val your host and today we have a very 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 special episode because i'm recording in austin um as you guys can see i don't have a scenario anymore i'm moved back temporarily here with my mom so we don't have a scenario we don't have a ring light there's a window behind me and this is the best lighting that I could ever get in this house so you see this bed here that's not even made because <laughs> i was in a hurry to actually record this podcast in time today and well don't mind the scenario but i'm pretty sure that god will speak to us and actually this um episode is related to a bible study that i'm doing i decided to go through genesis genesis from genesis to revelation and through this entire year so i'm doing a study of the bible and right now we are i just finished exodus and while i was reading exodus god just brought this to my attention and i just had the years to record about it and um because i really it's something that i can relate a lot right now i'm going through a season and it's kind of the same season that israel is going through the wilderness and i know a lot of people out there aren't going through the same thing i'm pretty sure because all of my friends um people from my inner circle were all going through the same stuff so i'm pretty sure it's not just us everybody's going through a season of shifting and changing and Sometimes even a season where it feels like you're having a setback and you are seeing your life instead of progressing it's it's kind of going to the other way around and you feel like why is God bringing me back to these like I thought I left Egypt why I'm back here and it can feel like it's a setback but God never will allow you to step into your promised land if it's if you're not prepared. And the season of wilderness is a season of preparation. And what we're going to talk about today is exactly that wilderness versus pro promised land. The more I pray, the more things go wrong. Have you ever been to that place? I'm in this place right now where the more I pray about certain things, the more I feel like things start going wrong and you look at God and say, why is this happening? I'm praying for the opposite. But a lot of the times um, the things that are going wrong in our lives, it's actually is going right. Because right before God sent you to the promised land, he sent you to the wilderness. And it's so beautiful to read the Bible because God has a pattern. Uh, the Bible is showing us about God, uh, about who God is. Bible, the Bible is a place that you go to know a little bit more about your creator. And I know that sometimes we go to the Bible to trying to find ourselves. And we can see ourselves in many of the characters in the Bible. But ultimately is to see and to get to know more of God. So... Since God show us clear patterns of how he work, every time that we see our lives and people like Israel, like I'm going through the wilderness just like Israel. So it's good for us to study wh what exactly happens in the wilderness. Because if we study what happens in every season, that's a guide for how we should behave or we should not 
behave. In the case of Israel, there's a lot of don'ts in Exodus. <laughs> I was I was talking to myself yesterday, and I was like, if I was God, the 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 Bible would end at Exodus. Not even even before because um, when you see how Israel behaved, that's a lesson and a warning from God to us now to be careful to not fall into the same trap. Um, if you guys are not familiar with Exodus, I'm going to give a little bit of a quick backstory. What happened was Moses uh, was called to rescue the people from Egypt. There's a whole really big backstory of how the people ended up in uh, Egypt and the reason why they got slaves for 400 years. But that's for another episode because it's a whole other um lesson and a whole nother really deep thing for us to go there but backstory was um god promised uh the god gave the promised land as a promise for the people of israel with abraham so we had abraham we had isaac and then jump to moses and moses was the one that god chose to free the uh his people uh from egypt so um, they got slaved for 400 years and they're waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled, which bring them back to the promised land to Canaan. And what happened was Moses was born, he lived there, and then uh, he reached a certain age when he went to fulfill God's promises. So a lot of people know uh, Moses because of the 11 plagues and he rescued the, uh, the Hebrew people. And that's basically it. Moses was chosen. He was sent. Uh, he went to a separation time for 40 years, came back to Egypt to fulfill God's promise and be used by God to release his people from the Egyptians. And that's basically what happened. There was 11 plagues that happened uh, to Egypt um, and after those 11 plagues, Pharaoh actually released the Hebrew people. And this is when our, our, the story is going to kind of start for this podcast. So what happened was, uh, there was the 11 plagues. God, um, softened, uh, the Egyptians hearts to give Israel, the Israel people, gold, silver, and things for them to carry. So they got all that and they left. The 11 plagues didn't inflict Israel, even though they were leaving in Egypt, it didn't reach them. Um, it was something that they saw with their own eyes happening. And if you don't know what the 11 plagues were, I really advise you to go read Exodus. It's a very exciting book. And um, when you see the description of the plagues, it's, it's, it's insane. And they saw all of that happening before their eyes. They, they saw the 11 plagues happening and do not touch them. They saw the deliverance of God in their lives. And... They grabbed the gold, they saw God, God's provision in their lives, and they left Egypt. And why they were leaving Egypt, look what happens in Exodus 13, 22 to 20, 21 to 22 says this, The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar, pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day and in a pillar of fire, pillar, I'm sorry, a pillar of fire to give them light at night. So they could travel day or night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of people. 
So all of that happened. They leave Egypt. And while they're walking through the desert, there's this giant pillar. Oh my lord, that's going to be a hard word for me to say. There's this giant pillar of clouds. This giant thing. And then during the night, this giant pillar of fire to keep them you know, to light the, the way and keep them warm because in the desert at night is really, really cold and in the desert during the day is really hot. So they have the protection of the cloud from the heat and they also have the fire to warm them up and guide them through the night. And look at all this. They saw all of this happening. They saw so many miracles. They saw the deliverance of God. They had this supernatural things that happening all around them. But then um, there's something that happens here. Um, and it was when they got to the Red Sea. So they were walking and they stopped in front of the Red Sea. And guess what happened? Pharaoh changed his mind and went after them. So this is what Red Sea. From the sides, there's no way they could run. And from the back, it was coming Pharaoh. So guess what happened if we I could imagine a lot of reactions and like they just saw all of this miracle happening so in my mind I would think they would probably pray to the Lord and you know faithful knowing that it something would happen because there was there the, the clouds were there the fire was there the deliverance was there but no this what happens this is what says in Exodus 14, 12. Isn't it this what we told you in Egypt? This is the people of Israel telling Moses. Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. The first problem they, 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 they faced after all of these miracles. Guess what they did? They told Moses they would be better if they was le they were left in Egypt than to die in the wilderness. After seeing all of those miracles happening in front of their eyes, the first setback that they have, the first problem they faced, they start complaining. They had a choice here. They had a choice to get on their knees and pray and ask God for mercy and provision like he did it already. Or you could go to the route of a lot of us do, which is complain. And it's me seeing this. I got really angry and I was like, how in the heavens can you possibly doubt after seeing all of these miracles? And I was like, this is what you do. This is what you humans do all the time. You see miracle after miracle after provision after deliverance and you still doubt me. Every day. This is something, it's common. But the good thing is when you're seeing this happening in the Bible and you're seeing this happening in somebody else's story, you can actually see how wrong you are. Because me seeing, I was like, how many times I doubt in my life, God. How many times, every time that something bad happened, I would go to God and complain instead of pray. 
I would get frustrated and angry and just be there. Instead of using my energy to pray, I would complain over and over and over. So we tend to think that God would just get you out of Egypt. And as soon as you're free, he's like, okay, I did my part now. Off you go. I think that's this is what probably goes through our mind because the Israelites, if they if if they pay attention to the promise of God, they wouldn't they wouldn't get worried. Because the promise of God was to lead his people to the promised land and give them that. That's including everything that happens in the way. There's one thing that I heard recently that it makes so much sense, which is his will, his bill. What I mean is that if he wants us to do, he wants you to do that. Or if he, if he gave you a promise, he is going to be the one who's going to prepare you, equip you, and care for you. His will, his bill, his will, his responsibility. Our own responsibility is to believe and be obedient. That's all he asked. If you read the book of Exodus, the only thing that God asked them to do is to keep his commands, to be obedient. That was everything they had to do. That was all. But guess what happened? They didn't. Even though they saw God's hands over and over and over, they were still doubting God. And... I was, I was, I, I really highlight something here. And it's something that came into my mind and I know it was the Lord. And it says, it's not like God, it, but it's not like God asked you to trust him before proving himself first. God would never ask you to trust him without showing you that he can be trusted. Even though he doesn't own us anything. He doesn't owe me any explanation or any proof of anything. But he's so good and so kind that before he asks you to trust him, he will prove first that he can be trusted, even though he doesn't need to. Look at this. Before they, were, they, they had the Red Sea in front of them, how many times God proved himself that he could be trusted? The 11 plagues and the deliverance from that. They saw God's hand. They saw miracles. They got provision. They have the, the, the fire and the cloud. God was showing them freely. God, give, God did this without asking anything. God was just doing for them. He just did it. He, 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 it's not like God asked them to trust him blindly. Even though this is what we should do, trust God blindly, he's still so incredibly compassionate and loving that he will show you first over and over and over that he can be trusted because he knows that we're humans. He knows that we're our sinful nature. He knows us. So he's so kind that he showed Israel multiple times that he could be trusted. And even though he did that, they still complained. And got angry and asked God to bring them back to Egypt. So, after all that, this gives us a hint to why God had to put them in the wilderness. 
that it, that that's it. Here on on the first verses of Israel leaving Egypt, you, we can see exactly God leave, leave everything extremely clear for us. The reason why He's sending them to the wilderness, right there, because their hearts were still on Egypt. God could never bring them to the promised land with a heart that still longs for Egypt. It was already there, explicit, telling us why Israel got to the wilderness. And that's why God put us through the wilderness. Because He's trying to prepare us. He has to take out Egypt of your heart. He has to take you out of Egypt. But then He has to take Egypt out of your heart. He has to shape you. Before you go to the promised land. He needs your full trust in him. Before he sends you there. So we already know that wilderness equal preparation. So that gives us a purpose for the wilderness. Because the reason why we tend to complain to God. And we tend to get angry at God. Is because we see wilderness as a punishment. And... We can see wilderness as a punishment, but that's what's going to make it be hard to go through the wilderness. That's the type of mindset that is going to make you stay longer in the wilderness. And it's going to make you feel stuck there. When you, got, when you see wilderness as a punishment from God, there's no way that you're going to go through that with a joyful heart. And there's no way that you're going to trust God. But when you switch the perspective of wilderness equal preparation, you get excited. Why do you get prepared for? Usually when we prepare for something, it's because it's something good coming. Of course, there's there's bad things that we need to prepare for, but like when God gives you a promise, okay, I'm going to give this to you. The preparation for the promise is something exciting, right? Like when you have a trip to do, when you have a place to go, or you have something really incredible that you're waiting for, when it's time for you to prepare, you get excited. Even though sometimes the preparation is harsh and it, it can be painful, you do it. I don't like to wake up three in the morning to go to get a flight. But I do it excited. I, I do it with an exciting heart because I know that I'm going to the destination that I always dream of. So I don't mind having to go through the pain to waking up in the middle of the night, maybe being cold, hungry for a while. Because when I, when, I, when I arrive there, I'm not going to remember at all what I, what I had to go through, the pre-boarding process. So when we see wilderness as a preparation, we get excited because we know that After the preparation, there's the blessing. So instead of looking in the wilderness with a bitter heart, we should look at a thankful heart. And look at it in the way of like, okay, so if God is putting me through the wilderness, there is something that needs to be changing my heart and in my life. There are habits that I need to let go of. That's why Israel was there. They, ha they had to first have their trust built fully in God. They had to see God. And one thing, just reading the, the last chapter of Exodus, it came to my mind was God revealed himself in the wilderness. 
The only way that God can fully reveal himself to you is through the wilderness. When you have when you have nobody else to lean on. Because when you're still leaning on certain things or certain people, how God can show up? We always pray for a miracle. We always pray for our promised land. But we never are willing to be put in a place of needing that miracle. We're not. It's not a nice place to be. Because when you need a miracle, it's because there's no other way. It's not nice or fun to be in a place of needing a miracle. But every time that we pray for one, we have to be ready to be put in that place. God can never show up in your life. He can never show up and make you fully trust Him as, as Him being your provider if you're not in a, in a scenario that you need provision. He can never build your trust in Him if you're not in a place where you need to trust Him. There is no way that you're going to see the, all of the dimensions of God, all of His um, sides and ways, if you're not put in a place where you need to see all of those dimensions of God. How are you going to see the provider part if you don't need provision? How are you going to see the loving God if you're not in a place where like that's the only thing you need we tend to want the blessings and want to know god more and see his face and know more of him but we're not willing to be in a place of needing all of those sides of him like it doesn't make sense so every time that you pray for something you need to realize the weight of that and the preparation you're going to need to receive that. So the wilderness is a place of preparation. Where God is going to fully show himself to you. He needs you alone. He needs you quiet. He needs you there with nobody else but him. How are you going to know God if you're in a place where you don't need him? And you feel like you don't need him. You're comfortable. God needs to get you out of your comfort zone. So he can show himself to you. He have to strip the pride. He have to strip the your ego. He have to strip every single thing that you can run to. So you can fully trust in him. And that's what happened in Israel. They, were, they, they couldn't go back. Because the Egypts, the Egyptians were coming, they couldn't go to the sides because there were mountains and things around them. They could, they, they, they. The only way it was move forward, but the sea was there. So God put them in the place where you have nowhere else to run, but me. God sometimes needs to put us in a place where we have no choice but run to Him. And trust me, it's not a comfort like a comforting place to be it's not a nice place to be it doesn't feel good it does not it does not feel good at first but it's only when we put in that place that we realize that he is all that we need is when you don't have the comfort maybe the money or the job 
or that thing that you really, really were, were you were idolizing. Maybe is is when you don't have that partner anymore. Maybe is when you're all alone, having nobody else to run to or depend to, that you truly can see the face of God and see how much He loves you, and see that He is all you need. Sometimes God had to get rid of everything we have. Maybe spiritual, like maybe in the sense of pride and the ego, but also in the material world. Sometimes God has to take everything from you so you can realize that He is all you need. That even though you don't have anything, you're still happy. Because when He's the only source of everything that we need, Wherever he adds to your life, wherever he takes you to the promised land, you're never going to idolize it. When he puts you in the desert, in the wilderness, and he strips you off, and you come to your senses and realize, wait, all I need is God. Like, yeah, it's nice to have that job, that person, that career, that the bank account full, or maybe my own place. Or that thing that I wanted. But I'm doing fine without it. And that's the type of heart that is the, that God is looking for. All of this process in the wilderness is going to be complete when you realize, wait, I didn't need all of those things. I didn't need the certainty of my eyes. Because all of the hope and the certainty I need is coming from Him. Maybe you're in a place where like, Just like me, I don't have a job right now. I'm not making any money. I'm living in my mom's house. And it's nice to have my own place. I miss it. It's nice to make money and have be able to buy my things. But even though I'm here having no income, no money in my bank account, living with my mom, I'm still, he's still providing. In a way, he's providing. He's providing with my mom's house. Here I have food. I have a roof over my head. I have my family near me. I might not be my independent self and doing my own things like I wanted to, having no money to buy anything. But I'm still here. And the wilderness can look different for everybody. And like, here I noticed, like, yeah, it was nice. Like, I left Miami having my own apartment, living in downtown, making my own money, having my own things, living my independent life, living in a city that I love, walking everywhere. Now I'm here, stuck in the middle of nowhere, in a small town, where I cannot leave my house to do absolutely nothing without a car. And I don't have a car because my mom works all day and she needs a car. I'm stuck inside the house 24-7. I'm fed because, praise the Lord, My mom, my, 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 God is providing for my mom. I have a, we have a roof over our head. We have food, but I'm here stuck. And it, it feels, it feels horrible when you see all of your dreams, my business, it's doing, well, it's sleeping. I'm not going to say that my business is dead because it's just sleeping, you know, just like Jesus said to that girl, she's just sleeping. Like My business is just sleeping for now. All of my dreams, they're on They, they, they're kind of like on the sleepy mode. You know, all of the things that I was doing is like, God shitted everything down. He cut every source. 
He cut everything. He separated me from my friends. I'm here alone all day. Just me, my iPad, and my Bible study. Because he was like, I need your full attention. And even if I have to bring you to a place that you don't want to stay, I need your full attention. Now, guess what? I have the whole day alone in this house by myself. And guess what I'm doing? I'm spending a lot of time with God lately. I'm studying my Bible. Um, the podcast is something that I wasn't having much time to do. So now I'm like doing the podcast. I'm getting to know more of him. Every single day he's teaching me a new lesson. He's teaching me something new. Every time that I open the Bible, I'm flooded with things. And I'm like, how could I never see this before? Because I was blind. My focus was in my work, the money, the life, the apartment, and all of that. God had, this is my wilderness. And for a lot of people, it might look like it's not. But everybody have their own wilderness. And I'm here. I can look this into two things. I'm stuck here in the house. In the middle of a, a lot of snow. And cows. And I have no purpose. I have no job. I have no money. All of the my dream business is dead. I have nothing to do. I'm trying to apply for jobs. I'm trying to, but I have no answer. I have nothing. I have debts that I need to pay. And I have nothing. I could see as this like, I'm living with my mom again. And I'm fully depending on, on her to feed me. And that's it. Like, I'm 27 years old and I'm here. Feeling like I'm 16 again. Or I can look to a place of how blessed am I to have opportunity to be with my mom again for a while. To have a really comfy bed to sleep. I don't need to worry about food. I have somebody who's working a lot to do that. And a God who's providing for my mom. My business is asleep, but that business has started trusting God. And if the business is not moving forward right now, it's God's will. I'm doing what I can. I'm creating the content. I'm uploading everything. I'm keeping moving. It's not having results, but I'm going to keep doing. And I'm going to do the one thing that God told me two years ago. Seek me first. God gave me the answer of the promised land. The first time that he ever spoke to me about my promised land. He gave me my promise. He told me what he had planned for me. And he told me, seek me first. And now I'm doing what he told me to do. But he had to drag me here. He had to strip me off of everything. And every day he's still stripping me off. He's still taking the pride. He's taking the bitterness. He's taking the unforgiveness. He's, he's taking the lack of patience. He's taking He's stripping me off of those things so he can clothe me with my promise. He's cleaning me. He's doing a deep cleaning in my life. And this is what happens to a lot of us. Before God put you in the promised land, a holy place that he has for you, 
a place that was designed just for you. He needs to clean you up. He needs to prepare you. He needs to take your heart out of Egypt. And he needs your full love and attention. So when he gives those things to you, that doesn't become an idol and robbed you from him. He's a jealous God. This is in the Bible multiple times. He loves you so much. Of course he wants all of you for him. He loves you. So he will never give you a blessing that is going to take you away from him. Because the separation of him is what? Darkness. Hell. We have this all like idea of what hell is, but hell is literally the separation us from God. And when we're separated from our creator, it is hell. I've, I spent years and years of my life separated from God. And looking back, it was hell. It was horrible. It was horrible. It was torturing. It was, it was draining. So God would never give you something that is going to take you away from him. So if you allow him, because he ne never forces. But if you allowed him to build you up to clean you up, to preparate you, to strip Egypt out of you. He will clothe you and he will bring you to your promised land. Because when you step in the promised land, you're going to look at God and be like, I have this, but this, what you gave me would never take your place. It doesn't matter what, you're going to have the mindset of, uh, it doesn't matter what God gave me or take it away from me. It will never change how I feel about God. It's never going to change my relationship with God. And it is painful, but it's so worthy. And if you start, if you read Exodus and you go and you move forward, you're going to see that they have to learn through pain. They had to learn through pain. And that's the reason why a trip of 14 or 11 days, if I'm not wrong, took 40 years. The promised land was days from them. Days. But because of their stubbornness, their rebellion, and not fully trusting God, They they had to stay there for 40 years. 40 years would it took for them to be completely ready. So another thing is you're gonna stand in the wilderness. The the amount of time that is gonna the amount of time that you're gonna spend in the wilderness, it's up to you. It's not up to God. The faster you realize all of this and see the wilderness in a different perspective, and instead of asking God, why I'm here. You switch to, why are you trying? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? That 40 years journey is going to turn to 11 days journey. So it's up to us how long we're going to stay in the wilderness. If we're going to learn through pain or through love. If we're going to embrace what God is trying to do to us or we're going to keep running from it. Because... 
it's up to us to walk a straight line to our promised land or just be a, be running in circles. God gave us the free will to choose. So I stepping now into a place of I don't want to run in circles anymore. I'm going to go through it. And being in the wilderness, it means you don't have to trust God every single day to provide for you. In every, in, in every sense. And like I told you, wilderness can be different to everybody. But wilderness is a place where you have to trust God daily. And the enemy will use the wilderness, which is a place of shaping and testing, to be a, a place of temptation in the sea. Because it happened with Jesus. The place that God chose, desert, to test Jesus for 40 days. Because he fasted 40 days. The devil used it to tempt him. God, God never tempted you. He would never tempt you. He would test you and shape you. But the enemy would use that to, to, to tempt you. And the lie of the enemy would always be, you were better off before. He's going to try to bring your heart back to Egypt. He, was, he will try to make you doubt God. He's going to try to blind you. Look at Israel. They saw all of those miracles, but they were still blind. God made so many things that even after they were rambling and rebelling against God, God still made water come out from a rock. Make manna come from the heavens for them to eat and drink. Even with them rebel being rebellious. But it reached a point where God was like, this is the line that you guys crossed. And then they experienced the wrath of God a lot of times. They experienced the judgment of God. Because God is good, but God is just. So how you're going to behave in the wilderness, it's going to set the pace of how fast you're going to get to the promised land. Or if, it's, or if you're just going to wave and never actually enter. Because that's what happened. The first generation... Of the people who left Egypt never stepped into the promised land due to their rebellious acts and due to their lack of trust in God. Moses never entered the promised land. He, he saw it. God allowed him to see it and wave at it. But only their sons and daughters were allowed to step into the promised land. Only the people who believed stepped in. That's another key thing. You're only going to step if you believe. And unfortunately, they went to a path, a path that God gave the promised land to their people as he promised. But to the next generation. And that's one thing that I recently learned about promises. We have a promise from God. And trust, trust, trust God. That promise will happen. Maybe not in you, maybe in your kids, maybe into your grandkids. The promise will happen. God never speaks a word that comes to him void. It's in the Bible. But if you rebel, if you don't obey him, it's going to come to a point where he's going to pass that promise to somebody else. And a lot of us, a lot of us sometimes, 
can have the risk of seeing your promise from afar and see somebody else step into it. The obedient will step into the promised land. And God is faithful and he will make it happen. We just need to be careful of not to just stand there from a distance and just see and never actually step into. And that's not God's fault. That is our own fault. So reading this and all of that is it just makes us realize uh, that basically our future, of course, God knows everything, but what is going to happen depend on our actions. We choose if we're going to live our entire life in the wilderness or actually step into the promised land a little sooner, you know? And the wilderness obviously is not fun or comfortable. That's true. But it shows us our in in inadequacy and reveals the quality or lack of our faith. If we allow it, it will also show that our Lord is complete. Our Lord is completely capable of meeting our needs. He wants us to believe in Him and obey Him because He's worthy. See, believe and obey. Faith and obedience. This is what it takes, because the sacrifice they had to do sacrifices here, but thanks to our Lord Savior Jesus, He already made the ultimate sacrifice, and we don't need to sacrifice our own blood. We already have our sacrifice made. He paid it all. So God now, our generation, he just needs obedience. He needs obedience and faith. And the only sacrifice we need to do is to die to our flesh. That's all. That's the only sacrifice we need to do. Die to our flesh every day. Which means allows God to shape us every single day so we can become more like Jesus and less like the world that we live in today. Uh, here in Exodus 15, 13 says, with your faithful love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. You will guide them to your holy dwelling with your strength. And this is, this is something that really spoke to me. And the same um, way that I'm here talking to you and talking about all this. I, it's something that is speaking to me because I need a reminder every single day that he is good, that he's faithful and he's just only waiting for my yes and my obedient heart to just keep doing it. He just did my yes. He just needs me to listen to him. And he will do the work because a lot of times it's not our fight to fight. It's not our fight to fight. In the wilderness, he just needs your yes and your obedience. That's all. His will, his will. It's his responsibility. If he needs you to do anything, he will tell you. But it's a place of you fully trusting in him and letting go of your own strength. Becoming weak so you can be strong in Him and see His strength in your life. There's, I'm going to end uh, this podcast um, with a response that Moses gave to the people before the sea opened and they actually 
go through the sea. Um, even in the midst of their rebellion, God was merciful and opened the sea for them to, to pass through. They passed. They saw the sea opening and closing and eliminating all of the Egyptians, all of their enemies. They saw God's hand once again. God was merciful, even though they were doubting. And you already know the end of the story. They eventually get to the promised land. But on that part, when they were complaining, right before God opened the sea, this is what Moses said to them. The Lord will fight for you. And you must be quiet. Exodus 14, 14. And there is a song that is beautiful that is called Quiet. If I'm not wrong, it's by Hillsong. And that's what we have to do in the wilderness. We just, we just have to be quiet. And just let him speak. And let him do the work. And being quiet, it doesn't mean doing nothing. It's just, you know, being quiet. Just don't, don't ramble. Don't complain. Just, just be quiet. And watch God open the sea in front of you. Watch God bring the water from the, from the rock. Watch God rain manna from the sky. Watch the pillar of fire and cloud around you. If they were quiet enough to just appreciate and actually see all of those miracles and stop rambling, they would see God's strength and mightiness and power in such a way. But they were way too busy complaining and rebelling. So they saw it, but they missed it some way. It was happening. They could see it. But they were blind at the same time. And sometimes that would happen to us. We just need to be quiet and obedient. Do what God called you to do. For me, what he told me was, seek me first and all will be added. And I think this is an, uh, it's something that it applies to all of us. If you're in the wilderness, just seek him first. Be active in faith. You know, and I just kept doing what I always did. Searching him, reading the Bible, spending time with God, taking care of my health, going to the gym, you know, still working on the podcast, still uploading content for the shop, even though he's dormant for now. <laughs> and I'm just here still doing my part, but quiet and letting him speak to me. This is not a place for me to be loud. This is a place of the wilderness for me to just be quiet and watch him. And the more obedient we are, the faster we get there. And the, the faster we're going to get to know the God that we serve. So um, it's a pleasure to be in the wilderness because it's there where you see the true face of God and, and, and get to know all of his dimensions and I just pray that you, if you're going through the wilderness, you can see the beauty of being there. That you can stop looking around and focus on God and ask Him to show you. And let me tell you, I never learned so much about Him than now.
I'm getting to know God in a new level of just like, oh, if we would sit here to talk about that, we would spend days. And I just pray, I just pray that you can have that revelation too. Just pray for wisdom, for revelation. And before we end the podcast, I want to end with a prayer. Okay, so let's close our eyes and pray. Jesus, Jesus, we're here in your presence, Lord. We thank you so much for every single life that is watching this episode. We thank you for the revelation of your word of you being so kind to lift this book for us to get to know you more for so we can you know listen to your voice more clearly we hear lord to pray that you can bring the revelation of your word to your children they're going through the wilderness right now is a very 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 difficult time for all of us but we pray lord that we can turn our face from the problems and and turn our face to you that we can seek you more every single day, that you can bring the wisdom, Lord, to their hearts and minds, that you can bring the revelation of what you're trying to do in their lives, what you're trying to work. We pray, Lord, that you can bring all of the wickedness of our hearts to the surface so we can heal from that. We pray, Lord, that we can allow you to speak and change us and shape us in the way that you want, Lord that you can open our our eyes and we can see the goodness and the and the and the good part of being in the wilderness lord i pray jesus that you can speak to us that we can answer our hearts that you can that, that you can make a transformation from the inside out and that you can be our comforter in these hard times that you can show your love and your compassion to your children and that we can come to you humbly every day, knowing that, that all that we need is you and only you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you can go and each of every heart who is going through pain, just going through loss, through going to hardships, and you comfort them, Lord. That you can comfort them and show your loving face to them. That you can show your loving hands and give them, Lord, the peace and the joy that they need. And that you can shape our hearts so we can leave Egypt behind and never look back. And only keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. We thank you, Lord, for your provision. We thank you, Lord, for going with us. Because we know that we're not alone in the wilderness. You'll always be there. You'll always be there with us to guide us and protect us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Jesus. And we pray 